The other figure that was really interesting was that um, 29% didn't carry a first aid kit in their work vehicle. Um, they're fairly significant numbers. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Talking business ownership, the nuts and bolts and everything in between. Have you ever been unprepared for something? Maybe you uh, went out without an umbrella or, you know, you went camping or something and forgot to take the coffee maker? Shock horror. Well, it's one thing to be unprepared for those sorts of events, but to be unprepared for a workplace accident or a motor vehicle accident and wish that you had something at hand to help out and perhaps even, in an extreme case, save someone's life would be a gutting feeling, I imagine. So uh, in today's episode of the Tradies Business Show, somewhat serious conversation, I chat again with Michael Boltman from Brenniston First Aid and Safety. Um, Michael is another previous guest on the show. Been getting a few guests back again. Uh, it's, been, it's great to have people coming back on the show. I love building relationships with the people that we talk to. But um, yeah, Michael from Brenniston um, talking about Workplace First Aid Kit Week. Now, it's Australian law that every workplace, well, every person in a workplace must have access to a first aid kit. And uh, frighteningly, uh, Brenniston did a survey recently of some workplaces, hundreds of, of people in workplaces, and there's some alarming statistics about how many people don't have access to a basic first aid kit. I can't believe that. It's just crazy. i got one in both my cars, my motorbike, my hiking pack. There's one at our gym. So uh, Michael's got a special offer for everybody. Michael and the team at Brenniston. Have a listen to today's episode. We talk a bit about some of those survey stats and uh, some of the uh, really scary stats about workplace incidents. Um, and uh, there's a special offer at the end. So only a short episode today, about 30 or 40 minutes. Have a listen. And uh, you could grab yourself a free first aid kit. Easy as that. Uh, no competitions or anything. You just get one. So uh, listen to the end and um, go to the show notes, tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash free first aid and uh, find out how you can grab your first aid kit during the week of 3rd to 9th September. Want to talk about yeah, that? We, we, there were a few things about that. One was... We wanted to know what people thought and what the state of our customers and other people out there was with regards to how they perceived safety in the workplace and first aid in the workplace. Mm. So what we thought was, you know, there's some really interesting data points that came out of that. And one of the data points was that a lot of people said that they would leave their workplace if their employer didn't maintain certain safety standards. And that was some phenomenal figure. It was like 87% or something like that. Yeah, wow. The other figure that was really interesting was that, um, and I thought it was actually 50%, but according to this, it's 29% didn't carry a first aid kit in their work vehicle. 
um, they're fairly significant numbers. Mm. So because a work vehicle is your workplace. If you're a sales rep or you're on the road doing, you know, as a service contractor or whatever it is that you do, that's your workplace. So is your workplace protected? And at least a third or close to a third of people said, no, we don't have protection in it vehicle and it's not just for the people who are in the vehicle who might do something but you know there's always people out on the road who are you know having accidents and you arrive at an accident and someone might be severely injured and you could have a material impact on their um on Mm. their well-being by having that in there absolutely and it's so we thought that was very important um the Things like, you know, if if 45% of people are saying that they're, you know, they were aware that there was an injury in their workplace in the last 12 months, that seems quite high to me. Mm. Um, I was surprised at, that there was that number of injuries that were occurring um, that people were aware of. Um, I mean, we're seeing stuff all the time yeah um but that that seemed um significant um i think the thing that what i found interesting was that people didn't understand what their obligations were in the workplace and i think that that's that's really interesting because you know, 31% of people, so almost a third of people, were unsure whether their workplace required a first aider, meaning that they required someone who was trained in first aid to the old equivalent of level two so that if something happened. So they weren't even aware of what the rules were or are with regards to something like having a first aider. Um, And people weren't aware things like that, um, you know, one in five people weren't aware that first aid contents in their first aid kit have an expiry date. It's, so, it's not like this is new stuff. The, the stats are alarming, to be honest. Uh, but first aid and first aid training and safety in the workplace, I mean, this is stuff that's been going on for for a long time and yet, the thing is is that there are some things in a first aid kit that you know if you use your common sense you go okay the the, the sealed bottles of um, uh, saline solution yeah now they do have I think it's a five year expiry date and the likelihood of them you know there being something wrong with it after more than five years so if it's six months further yeah. on it's unlikely anything's gonna no. be wrong no but things like um you know band-aids dressing strips the the adhesive does deteriorate over time yep and it doesn't sticks which means that it's completely useless yep um things like um the burn treatments mm. the 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 mixture of the tea tree oil the hydrogel the you know all of the different components of it will break down and they won't 
you know, it's like a cream. A cream will separate out into its component parts and won't be useful anymore, won't be effective. So there's no point in using it. Bandages, they did bring in those probably in the last 10 years that they should have um, expiry dates. Um, Look, you know, if they're sealed, you know, and I should be saying, oh, no, you've got to follow the, the rules, but... You know, you've got to be sensible about these things, but you should make sure that everything is okay. Yeah. Because these are the indicators that tell you whether you are, you know, compliant with what is required. And that's assuming that there's a first aid kit on hand at all. And based on your survey or Brenniston's survey, uh, lots of people, a third, don't even have one. Yeah, correct. Which is. See, I, I think I think that the bigger issue is not necessarily the expiry dates, although we find things from the 1960s in, in first kits <laughs> that, that you're just going, oh, there's a calamine lotion there and no one's used, that company's been out of business for the last 25 years. You find that in there. That's impressive. But the issue is, is usable items, so the expiry dates is about usable items, but it's the 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 missing items that is the issue mm. so that it you know if you're somewhere and you're in a remote area and there is no bandage for putting on a snake bite that's dangerous yeah so it's you need to have the items that are critical to what your risk is in whatever area it is that um needs to make sure that they're in there because that can be a dangerous situation and it's so easy to assume that it's that'll never happen to me and I, I think that's human nature I, I had a personal experience with that recently I went for a, a two-day hike up in the in the mountains and uh, on my own uh, I carried a personal locator beacon and I'd you know logged my trip and all that and and uh, I had a first aid kit um, that I carry with me on the trail uh, all all decked out and unfortunately my, uh, my little pressure fuel stove had a failure and caught a light and so I had a fuel fire in the middle of the yeah. scrub and I had nothing to put it out with because all of my gear is all, you know, super lightweight technical gear and it's all synthetic. So I couldn't throw anything on it. I didn't have enough water. I barely had enough for my own personal drinking. And I pretty much just had to stand there and watch this thing burn. And I thought a fire blanket would be really handy right now, <laughs> but I'm 25 Ks from civilization. A fire blanket. It is a very heavy thing to be carrying. That's right. Um, so it's a fire and it's only a meter by a meter, or you can get a bigger one, one point two by one point eight. Yeah, but when you're going hiking, you're not going to carry one with you. But it really highlighted for me. You know, I've got all this safety gear. I've got a personal locator yeah. beacon. I've got waterproof matches and a flint striker and a signalling device and all sorts of things. And I've got nothing to put out a fire with. And it's like. Despite yes. our best efforts to prepare for things, sometimes we just we don't think ahead, or we just can't be prepared for every scenario. But uh, you can't be prepared for everything, but, and you have to be sensible about what you are going to prepare for. Hmm. And that's why I said, like one of the key things is, is the key items in your first aid kit. You need to ensure that they are there when you actually need them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's critical 
So there's a there's also a really telling stat in there, Michael, about um, the number of workplace, well, the number of people who were aware of a workplace accident. Was, I think the stat was forty five percent. Forty five percent. Yeah. Which seems incredible to me that. What low or high? No high. I would have thought that would be a lot lower, given the the huge push in the last. 10 odd years, 10 or 20 years around workplace safety. So, I mean, I guess we don't know what sort of accidents we're talking about, but, uh, you know, that could have been somebody twisted their ankle on a on a rock, but, uh, you know, still potentially yeah, serious. Yeah, there's also people who will lift more than 16 kilos, um, and for some people, 16 kilos may be, yeah. you know, that's a back injury. Easy, and for some, for other people, it might be ten kilos, and they end up with a you know lower back injury, yeah, or something else, or it could be a car accident. Yeah, that's right. Because the, your your vehicle is your workplace, so if you have a car accident, um, I thought I thought that was you know probably about right. Um, yeah, okay. Because people talk about stuff that happens at work so i would say that captures most of the people within a workplace so if someone has an accident at your work and you got 30 people mm. most of those would be aware that something had happened mm. um, or someone fell down a stairs or something else happened people would be aware of it so you know it's less than half but that probably also includes you know someone's burnt themselves at the, with the you know, the kettle in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and and I, they needed, you know, it could be from minor to a major, you know, someone's caught their hand in a in a machine. Yeah. And and I guess, well, for me, listening to those stats, uh, it's still very evident that I don't, I don't necessarily think they're accidents because uh, humans create situations, uh, but accidents happen, you know, it, Still, despite our best Accidents efforts, Accidents happen all the time. Um, you know, there, there's a fire that's still burning in Melbourne in a in a Footscray factory, mm. and it's been burning for 48 hours. Mm. And you know, the the radio shock jocks are going. You know, how could they be allowed to keep acetone and you know paints and all this stuff in a factory? Well, if that's what they do and make, that's what they do. The question is, is to what degree do they need to have um, you know, lockable hazardous chemical storage facilities yeah. for all of that equipment. Were they following it? Yeah. You know, apparently they'd had an accident in there 15 years ago or something like that from something else entirely. Mm. Um, sometimes there's, you know, the accidents happen. Yep. Um, the, the, it's not about the fact that you, you're never going to stop accidents. It's like, you know, on the on our roads, you're never going to stop a car accident. Someone will be distracted and run into the back of someone else. There'll always be accidents. The question is, how do you mitigate it? How do you reduce that risk? Mm -hmm. And, you know, w with car accidents, it's you've got to stop people from using their mobile phones and texting while they're driving because that's the equivalent of driving with more than 0.05 alcohol levels in their system. Yep. 
because it only takes, you know, it takes a microsecond sleep to have a major accident or you're, you're looking down at your, your mobile phone, mm. next thing someone's stopped, you smash into the back of them, the people smash, and it can be quite yeah. dangerous. So you're always, so the thing is, is that you, you can't always stop uh, an event, mm. but you've got to try and work out how do you reduce those events and then when they do occur, how do you make sure that people are protected or that they're, there's there's a means to protect them with first aid, how long it takes for an ambulance to get to a site. Yeah. Um, are the people on site trained in first aid? Yep. It's... I'm just doing a thing with a company at the moment. They're about to install a defibrillator. Mm. And October is defibrillator month. Um, and I said to them, look, you know, the most cost-effective, like, you know, they've got three first aiders, do we need to train everyone in first aid? No, but it would be really because their workforce is obviously starting to get older and they're getting, you know, larger. Yep. Um, they're going to install a defibrillator. And I said, look, just get everyone to do a CPR course. Yeah. That means that anyone within the workforce, if someone collapses from a cardiac event, they can at least keep the blood pumping by doing CPR on them until the ambulance arrives you know, eight minutes, 12 minutes, whatever it is later. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got to go back always to first principles when, you, when you're looking at these things. And even the, you know, the WorkSafe guys, when they come in and what they're looking for is they're looking that there is an awareness of what's going on, that they've, you know, if you paint a walkway where there are forklifts and people have to walk, only along the walkways, it means that the organisation as an organisation, not that, you know, they're, they're going to be safer, but that there's a perception that they're thinking about their safety in a way that before they had the walkway that they weren't. Yeah, it's and an awareness thing, on, isn't it? You know, for your, your, your um, audience of um, um, tradies, how they're going to deal with, those things on a site and when you look at the really big sites what they do in terms of you know cranes and um yeah everyone's now on the streets and they talk about these guys earning a fortune holding stop go um you know the yeah. the lollipops holes yeah. that changes the way in which perceptions work because if you've got a 40k reduced speed as you come into a construction site it means that you know you're probably not going to be run over by a you know concrete truck because those they're big trucks yeah or you know cranes with steel going up and down that you really don't want to be hit by yeah it's it's about it's a perceptual i guess it's human behavior Mm. i had an interesting conversation with someone about this uh just the other day um with their so they building company and battling to get their staff to wear hard hats um on yeah. site because it was like ah if the crane falls down and hits me in the head i'm dead anyway and yeah. the point is not that level of catastrophic um safety failure but the the response was yeah if a bolt comes loose from a load that's you know, 20 metres in the air 20, and, yeah. and a simple bolt hits you in the head, that'll kill you if you're not wearing a hard hat. And people yeah. 
you know, these guys just weren't thinking about their safety in the right way. They were thinking about a catastrophic failure. It's like, well, a hard hat's not going to save me. No, but it'll save you from the more likely event that something falls off a pallet or, you know, the even a D-shackle falling from that height could be enough to kill you or give you a brain injury. Um, and I think I think that's that's one of the really successful outcomes of the high vis. Um, I don't even know what you call it. Like the this whole change in clothing yeah. and high vis that has been around now for probably twenty the last twenty years. Yeah, is you know high vis. You know everyone's wearing it. They wouldn't have done that twenty years ago. Yeah, it was silly. And it's 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 not necessarily that the high vis is going to save your life. It's that it makes there's an unconscious thought about safety by wearing it when you put that on, the same as steel cap boots. Because if a you know, a truck runs over your foot, the steel cap is actually going to cut into your toes. It's about completely preventing those accidents occurring because you're aware of safety. Yeah. And the unconscious bias that things like the hard hat and the um, the high vis and having the first aid, they change the way in which people think about what mm. happens on site. Which then changes their behaviours. Which hopefully changes their behaviour. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't, you can't change everything. No. No, it's, I was reading... You can't prevent... Um, you know, you can't prevent accident. You know, there, you know, there was the accident where a, a couple died. Someone stole a, a car and went through a red light at, you know, 160 kilometres an hour. That's 100 miles an hour, mm. and T-boned them and killed them. Now you can't, no matter how many airbags you've got, or unless you're in a cement truck that gets hit, it's physics is you're going to be seriously injured yeah but you've got to try and work out what are the things that we can stop mm. um yeah it's... you know thinking about that you know they, they they put the fines up for people going through railway crossings after the lights started going before the boom gates came down yeah because people were running the boom gates yep as they were coming down oh we can we can make it um, and when you see on the front page of the newspaper, you know, a car being completely smashed by a train, mm. it's horrible. But, you know, they're the things that we have to do. You've got to change the behaviour before the accident happens. So do you think, Michael, that's, um, that's really what first aid training and first aid kits, uh, that, that's like an unseen part of the benefit of those things? I would say that first aid training and first aid kits, uh, I would hope that no one ever uses them at all. Mm. And in fact, you know, call it 95% of the time, in most places they don't get used. Like in a lot of offices, 
you never need to use, you know, you might get a burn when you're pouring yourself a cup of tea or a paper cup. Yeah. You know, the biggest risk in most offices is probably a, a, a heart attack uh, <laughs> or, you know, a cardiac event. Mm. But if you've got someone who has been trained and they can perform CPR, that may just save your life. Mm. So it's for the it's for the almost black swan events that you're doing all of this preparation and we as a society tend not to prepare for black swan events. Yeah. Um, so that's why we need legislation to say, right, if you're a business, you need to have a first aid kit. Mm. You know, if you're driving a motor vehicle, you need to have third-party um, liability insurance. Yeah. So we need to protect ourselves. Mm. Um, you know, the argument that, you know, we're a mollycoddled society, um, well, you know, most of the time maybe we are. But in those instances when an accident occurs um, or some lunatic runs around with a gun or a car in Burke Street Mall mm. and runs down and kills three people and injures another 18... They're the things where you need to be able to get a first aid kit to staunch the bleeding so that that person doesn't die before the emergency services come. Yeah, it's it's the old umbrella strategy, you know. Yeah. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not Except have it. Except in Melbourne. <laughs> you just always carry one, mate. You just you need an umbrella in Melbourne <laughs> or a raincoat because the chances are, well, you know, it, it it rains in in one day. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, it never rains here in Toowoomba, mate. It's dry as a chip up here in Queensland. So, uh, and I know in in a lot of parts of New South Wales and and Victoria as well, in country areas. But Michael, uh, talk to us about. Um, so, is it is it safety week or first aid week? What's what's the no, uh... what we what we've created um, is workplace first aid um, week. Mm-hmm. So Workplace First Aid Kit Week, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and let me read it to you. Uh, <laughs> um, Brenniston, a family-owned Australian business, is dedicated to making workplaces safer. To help bring this into focus for all Australian businesses, Brenniston is launching Workplace First Aid Kit Week. The initiative will run from 3rd to 9th of September with the aim of ensuring businesses are aware that a suitable up-to-date first aid kit can improve or even turn around the potentially tragic outcome of a workplace accident. So the week-long drive will help employers comply with WHS regulations and highlight the importance of regularly checking workplace first aid kits to avoid carrying expired, damaged or empty products. And to support the inside of this uh, of its customer care team and to further highlight the need for greater awareness around the importance of first aid kits in workplace safety, um, we undertook our mm. National Workplace Safety Survey. And that's the um, stats that we were talking about that's earlier. That's that we've been talking about. And um, Australian law requires every Australian worker to have access to a first aid kit including transport workers and mobile employees who require a first aid kit in their workplace vehicle. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it was actually yeah. part of, of law that you had to have a first aid kit. If you are, if you are a workplace, mm. it is law 
in the workplace to have a first aid kit, and that's under uh, legislation under Safe Work Australia. And it's uh, and I know your your uh, your media release goes on to talk about how simple and easy it is to have a first aid kit, and it is, mate. Like for the sake of forty or fifty bucks, like a carton of beer, you can actually stick a first aid kit in a vehicle and. You know, legislation aside, it's about, as we've been talking about, just giving access to something that could stop somebody bleeding to death or losing their limb or whatever it is, you know? Or if you're in an accident, you know, in a car accident and you're in shock, you need to be wrapped in a um, a thermal blanket to keep your heat in so that you don't get hypothermia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go, ah, oh, you know, that's not so bad. But if you happen to be in an accident up on, you know, Bogon or Threadbow or Mount Hotham or Mount Buller and it's five degrees below zero and you're in shock and it's cold, yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some, it, it's just, it's so preventable, so many of these things. Absolutely. Now the other thing, and that's not on our um, on our um, what's this called first aid PR mm-hmm. um, media release, um, is that anybody who spends ninety nine dollars in the week between the third and the ninth of September um, not only gets free freight, they get a free motor vehicle first aid kit for their car right so because we went oh my god why why are so many cars that are in the workplace don't have first aid kits we thought well okay fine if you buy a first aid kit you spend more than 99 dollars. we will give you one free and we'll make it free shipping mate that's awesome and it's it's always uh nice to speak with businesses that uh, as well as spruiking a message and, and raising awareness and, you know, pleading with people to do something about safety or, you know, workers' entitlements or whatever it is, um, you guys are actually backing that by uh, by putting your hand in your pocket. Yeah, but it, look, the thing is, is what when – we, when we were discussing, like, you know, what's happening out in the marketplace, we went, well, we, we've looked at all the stats that come out of – um, uh, work safe and places like that. How many people have died so far this year? And I think it was seventy three people. Um, Jeez. so far this year, and that was before someone died in a trench accident on a building site last week. Um, you can look at the number of people who were injured in any one year, and we thought, well, hold on a second. Let's actually go out, and we went out to hundreds of people um, or hundreds of people responded to our survey, Mm. Um, and it's actually out of the responses that we got from people out in the workplace that we actually created this program. Mm. Um, So it's very much about it's not just us sitting there going, oh, we think this is a really, you know, good idea. Yeah. It's when you find out the number of people who would leave their workplace if they, they're not being looked after, it's like, okay, that's good. Mm. That means people are actually thinking about this now. Yeah. That all of the 
the huge money that people, the state governments are spending on advertising to say we need to make sure that they're... Because it costs the state government an absolute fortune if someone is injured at work and they're on work cover for, Mm. you know, some people are on work cover for the rest of their lives. And if you can prevent that, it saves the state government, you know, tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Yeah. And again, we're not talking about... Uh, not uh, so naive to think that having a, a fifty dollar first aid kit is going to, you know, always save a life. But it's I think it's more importantly what you were saying before, Michael, is that shift in attitude and thinking is is the biggest impact. Um, I know for me, I, I have a first aid kit in both of my cars, and when I had my motorcycle, I've sold it now. But I even carried a a small first aid kit in my motorcycle. I carry one when I go hiking. Uh, fortunately, I've only used them a few times for minor cuts and, and burns and stings and stuff. Um, but just uh, if I didn't have one in there and, I, and there was a time where I didn't have one in one of my vehicles, I actually felt really bad. And I was I was mindful of that. It's like, oh, I don't have a first aid kit. And I've stopped and helped a few people in roadside uh, minor MVAs and yeah. stuff. Uh but it is i think it's just that it's a reminder of how important safety is uh and so i think it's almost like a, a talisman having a, a first aid kit you know it's it's that reminder for people to it just also, think about it also indicates um that we're we're re- you know things we're, we're actually quite fragile yeah um and what our risks are so a friend of mine Talking about motorcycles, he's just driven from Sydney and he's just past Cooktown on the way to the very tip of Cape York. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, can you make me something up? And I sort of went, well, what are all the risks that are up there? And I thought, (laughs) okay, there's a few snakes up there, Mm -hmm. so we need some decent bandages for snake bites. You know, he's probably going to burn himself on his exhaust pipe, so he needs a little bit, you know, a few burn sachets. Mm. I suggested a few other things, like I think in when you're going up somewhere like that, you need some sort of Gatorade, um, you know, if you get sick and, you know, lomitals and but you just need bandages, wound dressings, those things. And, you know, it, it was very, very small kit yeah. that could fit into the motorcycle because, you know, when you're carrying your food, your your clothing, everything on a bike and you're going in very remote, you don't want to be carrying a lot of weight. Mm, that's but, right he felt much safer having those things on his bike. And I guess that's, you know, it's not just when you're going to remote places or you're going to the jungle, you know, in the, in the, the you know, in Papua New Guinea or somewhere. Yeah. You know, there, there are dangers in our suburbs. There are dangers in our city. Mm. And we just need to go, okay, well, what are the, what's the risk? Yep, yep. Well, certainly uh, an awesome initiative, Michael. And uh, as I said, always impressive to talk to companies that are uh, sticking their hand in their pocket to actually do something, um, I guess, on the ground, but do something immediate uh, and stand behind these initiatives. We have lots of weeks for things and days for things, and uh, it's easy for it to become a little bit of marketing noise and fluff, I guess. So, uh, yeah. But don't get me wrong. I think it is... There is, there is a marketing element to it, 
Because if someone buys from us now, then our hope is in a year's time they might buy another kit. Sure, yeah. And in 15 years' time, they might still be doing that because they trust that the quality of our products, the way we interact with them, you know, everything we do in the way we do our business is one built on trust Mm. and that they will trust us. Mm. But it is... Um, I think it's important that we look at the, 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 the data that comes back to us and tells us things about what's happening in the marketplace, that we look at that and we go, okay, we think that there is a problem in this particular area and we need to highlight it. Mm. So if it's, you know, half the vehicles that are out there on the road that are being used for work, that they don't have first aid kits, then we should, you know, do something about that. Absolutely, mate. Well, uh, certainly uh, a good initiative, Michael, and uh, always a pleasure to talk to you on the show, mate. Um, Thank you. If someone's and listening I, to I this... I just want to say to you um, in for seven and a half days away... <laughs> Do I need a first aid kit, mate? You don't need a first aid kit to get married. <laughs> need one afterwards, perhaps. <laughs> uh, no, you don't, need, you don't need one afterwards. There's a whole range of things that you need to be aware of. Right. Um, and I'm not going to go into that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll press pause, and then you can tell me all about it. But uh... I can I can tell you all about it off air. But the the, the you you know a lot of these things anyway. Um, uh, but I just want to say congratulations. I'm very excited for you because it really is quite an you know an extraordinary thing to do mm. to you know to make that decision that you've found your perfect partner and that you want to spend the rest of your life with them and that you're going to have a ceremony to um, celebrate that. So congratulations. I think it's a great thing to do. Well, thanks, Michael. I really appreciate that, mate. And uh, I think you're the first. I'll have a drink Saturday week for you. (laughs) Hopefully I'll be really celebrating because Melbourne will have beaten Geelong on the Friday night before it. Oh, nice, nice. Well, don't don't make it that cheap whiskey you were telling me about before for the uh, the Lurgy cough uh, remedy. <laughs> make sure no, it's no, a no. decent It'll whiskey, be, mate. No, for, for, when you're putting it into a you know hot lemon toddy with you know cloves <laughs> and ginger and cinnamon and, and lemon and all of that, the, the cheap whiskey is is like you're sick. You can't taste anything. So yeah, that's yeah. just uh, it's you medicinal. Know, make it better. It's medicinal. Yeah. Exactly, that's medicinal. So, mate, uh, website, where where do listeners go? They're, they're listening to this going, holy crap, 99 bucks, and I get a free vehicle uh, first aid kit to boot. Where do they go to, to do that? And free shipping. And free shipping as well, don't forget that. And free shipping, don't forget that. Postage costs have, have gone up a lot in the recent years, mate. So um, where do they go to, to order their, their kits, Michael? Brenniston.com.au. So B-R-E-N-N-I-S-T-O-N.com. Awesome. Mate, uh, pleasure chatting with you. We'll put all the links in the show notes and uh, and share this all over Facebook um, for fifth. No, sorry, 3rd to the 9th of September. 3rd to the 9th of September. Right. And the offer runs for that period of time, correct? Yep, for that week. Great stuff. Well, mate, uh, thank you very much and I'm um, looking forward to making no, thank you, workplaces very much safer. Thanks to you guys. So there you go. 
Grab yourself a free vehicle first aid kit and do that by going to brenniston.com.au. Order yourself uh, another first aid kit, maybe one for the office, uh, maybe topping up one that you already have. Check out some of the other cool gear that they have focused around safety at brenniston.com.au. Spend more than $99 and they will give you a first aid kit for your vehicle, and you'll get free shipping. Now, you have to do that between the 3rd and the 9th of September. So this episode uh, you're listening to went live on the 31st of August. So hopefully you're listening to this uh, on the 1st or the 2nd or even the 4th of September, and uh, you can jump on the website, brenniston.com.au. Go take advantage of that offer of theirs and um and stay safe out there in the workplace hey and everywhere else that you are just uh yeah it's not worth taking the risk um you know there's a lot of campaigns around this stuff but uh, it can never be said too much to uh to make it home to your family so uh take care stay safe and uh tune in again next week uh where there is a fantastic episode coming up um you'll hear more about that uh on tuesday and in the meantime head on over to the facebook group tradies in business and join the conversation join the community there's some cool convos going on in there so take care hooroo you've been listening to the tradies business show with warwick bidwell want to get off the tools into true business ownership find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com